Time to take a look at all things parenting and we're talking preschoolers today and getting them moving. This is the focus of a new programme being trialled in a number of early childhood centres in Hawke's Bay. According to the World Health Organisation, children aged between three and five need 180 minutes of physical activity a day. Now, the programme is being developed by Wendy Pirri. It's as part of her PhD and up to 60 children are involved in the trial. They're all wearing smartwatches to track their activity levels. She says there's a lot early childhood teachers can do to encourage children to run, jump, to take risks and to recognise physical activity as a great learning opportunity. Parents too need to be aware of how much physical activity their preschooler needs and how much they're getting. With us now, we do have Wendy Perry, who is doing a PhD on teacher-led physical activity in early childhood education. Kia ora, good morning, Wendy. Morena, Susie. Thank you for being with us on Nine to Noon this morning. Um, how did you get interested in this particular side of the ECE world and curriculum? So I guess first and foremost, as a parent, uh, I have three gorgeous sons who are growing into good men. They're all well out of preschool age now, but uh, that's where the journey began for me, was uh, becoming a parent. Uh, And my interest in physical activity, uh, which I guess has been lifelong, and uh, the opportunity of bringing those two worlds together has led me on this journey to my PhD in this space. Because education, of course, we we think particularly of schools, of children sitting down and paying attention to a teacher and all that kind of thing. But there's so much more that we're particularly now beginning to understand about how physical activity plays an enormous part here. Yes, absolutely. You're correct there. And certainly things have moved uh, drastically uh, across the decades. And I've been in this area of work for at least the last 20 years. And I guess, you know, with things like pandemics in the world uh, and even pre-pandemic, certainly a lot more attention was being paid uh, to how we move and its connection to multiple things, uh, health and well-being, and of course how we learn as well as human beings. Now, preschoolers, of course, did say there in the introduction that it can be hard to get them to sit still sometimes. Uh, those <laughs> three to five-year-olds. What specifically do you um, are you observing in preschoolers these days? I guess one of the uh, significant things about that is a bit of an untold story uh, about why children don't sit still. And the body is very clever. Um, And nature's plan, I guess, even in utero, is that a developing baby is typically upside down. Uh, And part of that process is uh, developing uh, your vestibular system, um, which is known as your balance system. So uh, for children to be able to sit still is quite an advanced uh, way to be in terms of a well-developed balance system. Um, And the way we grow our balance system is the way kids generally play, which is things like rolling, spinning and being upside down. And essentially things where your head is out of an upright position. So typically in a formal learning environment, um, like you just mentioned, uh, sitting still um, in an upright position, um, a lot of children really struggle physiologically to do that because they have an underdeveloped balance system.
That's fascinating that that is how our balance system develops. As, and just as you were talking there, I was thinking, gosh, I remember loving doing all sorts of tumbly, rolly, you know, spinning around on bars and all that kind of stuff. And, and the idea of doing it now as an adult actually makes me feel a bit nauseous. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, and that is um, population-wide often. And I have explained it in a very simple term. Uh, but I guess, you know, what happens... Um, Within your inner ear is you have a little hair called cilia that fluid runs across and tells our body where we are in space. So when we're in utero as a developing baby, that, those little hairs are all standing upright um, and uh, preparing us for um, what our body feels like um, once we hit gravity. And as we get older uh, and become upright, uh, what we find is more and more we're spending less and less time rolling, spinning and hanging upside down. So once we reach adulthood, um, typically we're not playing that way uh, ourselves as adults, which is a shame, but uh, that's where those little hair in your inner ear start to um, not be as upright. And so therefore, when you move in those ways, um, that's where you get that feeling of being a little bit sick or not feeling quite right. Mm. And so for these children in ECE, those sort of three to five-year-olds, what is there in place in the curriculum around physical education? Or is it just sort of taken for granted that kids will be doing lots of this kind of activity anyway? Certainly physical activity is embedded within the curriculum. And, uh, you know, we have wonderful early childhood teachers here in New Zealand um, and a beautiful climate to um, allow these opportunities for young children inside and outside. And within the curriculum, teachers are often um, joining children in that play and certainly within their daily practice, offering those movement activities uh, for children to to develop those skills. And so what kinds of things do you feel should be added or should be um, the curriculum should be extended so that this kind of thing is embedded for all children and, and to the greatest benefit? Yeah, so one of the things my study is looking at to that point is understanding um, early childhood teachers' perception, knowledge and experience around physical activity and what impact that has on an early childhood setting. And that certainly applies to a home environment as well. Uh, And what we do know is that being healthy um, in the early childhood period generally sets children up for well-being across the lifespan. So the earlier we have children active and building those foundations, uh, the better um, place they are into the future. So in an early childhood setting, what we know is that um, across OECD countries, around 71% of three to five-year-olds attend an early childhood centre. And here in New Zealand, um, we're sitting at around 87%. So uh, early childhood setting presents a great place to be able to offer uh, these types of experiences and providing that information and a teaching tool uh, for teachers to really understand uh, why movement's important and how it can be applied. And that's essentially what my PhD is all about, is developed a program called MAP, which offers that. Yeah, tell us a little bit about MAP and how that works. So MAP is an acronym, love acronyms, for Movement Active Physical Play. Um, And each one of those um, 
has a character attached to them. Um, and we've got Movement Max, and Max likes to move um, to grow his vestibular system. So he likes to roll, to spin, and to be upside down. Our next character is Active Anne, uh, and she likes to run and hop and skip and jump and throw and catch. And Active Anne is building her fundamental movement skills and her midline. Uh, so midline is things like developing left and right handedness, which is kind of critical for when you get into formal learning. Uh, physical Piri, uh, he likes to hang on the monkey bars and climb trees and do lots of powerful type movements. So he's building power and proprioception. Uh, and Playful Pip um, likes to do her own things. So she likes to have lots of time and space and portable equipment and uh, to really delve into child-led play. So it's really about a uh, framework and teaching resource to uh, take notice of the physical part of child development and what that looks like and how to apply it, and most importantly, in a fun and playful way. How do you trial and how do you assess using this tool? That's a great question. It's... uh, it's an, a journey that I'm on. I'm really fortunate that I have three wonderful supervisors uh, up in the Human Potential Centre and AUT uh, who are guiding me on that journey. And what my primary outcome is measuring physical activity. Uh, so that's where uh, children are wearing um, a little watch called an activity, which measures um, physical activity levels, whether it's um, moderate to vigorous or... Um, light type activity. How does something like this work for children who have um, physical disabilities or for children who perhaps have things like dyspraxia that make, you know, that make movement um, perhaps a, a sort of a different experience for them? Yeah, so great question. One of the things that I've been really intentional about in developing this resource um, has come from um, anecdotal observations. I've previously owned an early childhood centre, so I've seen in practice um, what that environment looks like, and obviously as a parent, um, is that it's accessible for all children, um, all abilities. So um, it's very simple and it's able to be actioned um, either in an intentional teaching, an adult-guided or a child-led uh, practice. So depending on ability is whatever level um, suits the child. Um, I suppose for something like this, um, do you keep it very child-centred, very sort of intuitive and responsive to the sorts of movement that children are wanting to do? And how much do you need to perhaps broaden children's horizons, give them more opportunities and, you know, and encourage children to, to get out there and to, to move and to enjoy moving their bodies? Yeah, so I guess one of the um, inherent things as we develop is our um, ability to move, whatever way that might be. So how we grow and develop that is looking at the environment that we are offering um, and as role models. So as young children, we're always leaping from what we know to what we don't know. So leaping from the known into the unknown. And when you put a physical activity lens over that, I begin my life in those first uh, five years of life. Uh, development happens very quickly. And often that is um, 
enhanced by opportunities and experiences to move. So, for example, you know, rolling over from back to front um, and front to back, um, being up on all fours and crawling and then getting to standing and then being able to run and then being able to hop and all of those things that typically happen in sequential order, but for some reasons they don't. So being able to provide environments where um, A, teachers are aware of it um, and able to notice uh, physical activity and the recognise the learning that's happening within there and that also provides an opportunity to identify where there might be some gaps and some new offerings so that children are getting that really well-balanced movement diet. Mm. Now you're uh, sort of testing uh, MAP, the uh, programme that you were talking about, you're testing this in some ECE centres in Hawke's Bay. Tell us a little bit about how you're actually going through that process. So um, I've been really fortunate. Hawke's Bay is home for me and uh, we've got wonderful teachers in early learning environments there, as we do across New Zealand. And uh, so centres are involved in trialling uh, the MAP framework and teaching resource so it's made up of a webinar activities um, to be able to um, embed that practice so it's about teacher education um, and enabling teachers to provide these experiences rather than an external person coming in and providing um, a one-hour um, experience which is great but for uh, scalable and sustainable outcomes looking at uh, supporting teachers to um, enhance their existing kitty of knowledge um, and really focus on that physical activity part of child development for young children. Mm. And you've got um, quite a few preschoolers I think wearing um, smartwatches to help with the measurement here how's that going? Yes, it's not really a smart watch. It's just a little watch um, that doesn't have a screen. And what's in the watch is the important piece, which is an activity. Um, uh, it looks like a, um, a battery, a large battery, I guess. Um, and it's measuring the physical activity. So um, you can imagine children of this age, it's quite tricky to um, have them wear something. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I guess it must be tricky to, you know, are they are they good at keeping the watches on? Are they good at taking them off and losing them and dropping them and, and smashing them against equipment and all sorts of things like that? They are fantastic, to be honest. And and to be fair, the the um, watches also can withstand sand and all the rigors of an early childhood environment, um, and also uh, the wonderful teachers that fully support. Um, the excitement of wearing uh, these watches and the children are aware of um, what the study is about um, and their participation in it so um, they're really excited and um, really happy to be a part of it. Are you at the stage where you're able to draw any kinds of conclusions from the data you're getting or is it too much early days for that? Um, not yet. Uh, next year um, Early to mid next year, we'll be delving into um, analysis and results and interpreting the information, um, which, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about. And like I said, I've got a great support team to help me on that journey. And, um, yeah, looking to turn evidence into practice, really, to support um, children being physically active mm. in centre and at home. 
What sort of message do you have here for parents? Because I guess a lot of parents would think if their children are going to an ECE centre, of course they're going to get lots of outdoor time, they're going to get lots of playtime, you know, opportunities to be playing physically and that sort of thing. Um, is that something that you can take for granted or what sort of things should you be perhaps looking out for when choosing an ECE centre? Well, I think it's a great discussion to have with a centre when you are looking at where you would like your child to be uh, and um, asking them that question around physical activity and do they have a physical activity policy and, and what does that look like in their space? Uh, and certainly for parents at home, they know their children best um, and they are the best role models. And anything to do with physical activity for young children um, has to have a fun element um, and be joyful. And I guess as role models, um, parents are the best ones. So finding ways to um, bring physical activity at home, and it might be something simple like uh, brushing your teeth. So instead of just walking to the bathroom, um, we do a wheelbarrow walk. Um, so we're adding physical activity um, to those fun things. If a child's jumping on the trampoline, um, counting at the same time. Um, and always fun is having a family disco. Sure gets is. Heart rate up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and gets those different bits of the brain playing together yes. as well. Yes, exactly. And all, all the benefits uh, that physical activity offers. And like, what we're really lucky to have is our active play initiative uh, that's put out by the Ministry of Health um, in response to that World Health Organization action plan to reduce physical inactivity by 15% by 2030. Um, and it's a really wonderful resource uh, that is available. And it's got three specific things sitting less, moving more and sleeping well. So as a parent for a three to five year old, um, you want to have your child active for 180 minutes a day, 60 minutes of those being um, huff and puff, high intensity physical activity, uh, limit sedentary screen time to under an hour um, and some good quality sleep, 10 mm. to 13 hours a night. Well, thank you very much for coming on 19 this morning and talking us through that. Ngamihi, that is Wendy Piri there doing a PhD on teacher-led physical activity in early childhood education. And that programme MAP is being trialled in some centres in Hawke's Bay.